listening to Confessions of a CEO. This is the show where I'll be taking you behind the laptops and lives of some of the best and brightest female minds in the online business game. The frank, funny, and inspiring chats that we have behind closed doors are about to be revealed. This is the secret sauce that you need to hear that's going to help you and blow your mind at the same time. No fluff, just all of the honest good stuff. I'm your host, Mel Moore. I'm a CEO, embodiment, and business coach for female online entrepreneurs. And I'm also the founder of a boutique, virtual assistant agency. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, beautiful soul. I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode. I want to ask you to bear with me because the audio sounds a little bit like I'm in a bathtub. I'm not. I just, this was at a point when I was recording without a microphone because I thought, hey, you know what, just start messy. And then my guests were turning up with awesome microphones and sounding 10 times better. And I was like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. (laughs) So I have a microphone now, Um, but bear with the episode. If the audio isn't amazing, I obviously want you to really enjoy it. Um, So I don't think it's horrendous, but just bear with. It's part of the process. Um, So let's dive in. I am really excited for this guest because... Well, she's a powerhouse. Um, her name is Vix Meldrew, and she is an ex-primary school teacher turned online educator and mentor for coaches and course creators. In 2018, she left teaching to be a full-time content creator with a successful blog and Instagram, which saw her featured in news, radio, and documentaries, and even listed in MTV's influences to watch. So she knows a thing or two about creating a personal business brand online. Pretty, pretty incredible. In 2019, she launched her membership, Grow and Glow. And during the pandemic, the membership helped over 1,200 small businesses take charge of their social media and gain new clients and customers. Vix has taught a mind-blowing 6,000 students online. And in 2022, she worked with over 200 course creators and coaches to design and launch their programs. I've been in some of them. She is pretty epic. And what a beautiful mission that she has. And what a journey. She has such a unique insight into this online space. So this is a CEO chat that I'm very, very excited to have today. What a journey. You have such a unique insight into this online space. So this is definitely a CEO chat I'm excited to have today. And you're by far one of the most honest online mentors that I've come across out there. And I'm forever impressed by how vulnerable you get in your emails. And you really take everyone behind the scenes of your launches from creation to doors closing, just completely warts and all. Does any of that ever just make you feel really nervous and like what have I got myself into and what motivates you to just be that honest yeah so I started out as an online like blogger dating blogger and I used to share everything about my single life sex life dating life and wow the way I always talk to people about it is like I feel like there's a scale of what you share zero is that you don't tell anybody anything about anything to Mm -hmm. 10 is that here was the contents of my bowels this morning and every (laughs) and every individual person gets to decide where they want to fall on that scale and Mm. I think because of my kind of blogging days I fell more towards that 10 on the scale and then for a long time I pulled it right back to the zero on the scale these Mm. last few years have been me figuring out that balance and there are things that I'm more than happy to share because I think I like to share them from a place of helpfulness and transparency Mm. and then there are things I'm like people don't need to know that that's not going to be helpful I'm not going to trauma dump all over everybody that's not helpful it's that kind of what do they Mm. say like share share from the scar not the wound you know so yes yeah it's like sharing things that I think are helpful to share they open up conversations they you know show transparency Mm. and they help people feel like less alone uh, Mm. versus 
yeah I'm just you know sharing everything for the sake of you know yeah and I think there's we do see a lot of that out there don't we where as you that phrase is so just brilliant because it is when you can see when people are sharing from wounds and Mm. they haven't processed it and it's messy and there's no learning for the audience out there and I think what you do so beautifully is have that awareness that things that you're moving through need to be figured out by you first and then brought to your community Mm. with a point and a lesson and some value behind it would you say that's something you develop with time because of the level of like vulnerability and openness you shared with sort of the dating blogging because that's quite a full-on thing to share yeah yeah I mean definitely because you've learned when you've overshared and when it wasn't Mm -hmm. helpful and when you've undershared and where maybe that wasn't helpful so definitely learned it over the time but I do think one of like the innate things that I have is my self-awareness and a lot of Mm -hmm. times I get asked you know what would you recommend to a business owner what does an online business owner need to be successful do they need marketing do they and I say one of the number one things is self-awareness if you Mm -hmm. can be super aware over here's what I'm doing here's why I'm doing it here's what's not helpful about that here's what is helpful about that and you can kind of process that quite quickly then you're all good but I think sometimes a lot of people either haven't developed that huge self-awareness or it takes Mm -hmm. them a long time to process it neither way is bad Um, Mm -hmm. I just think that that is just one of my things that I've always had is that incredibly self-aware sometimes to my detriment (laughs) um But it helps you like sort of process things and go and be analytical, like, oh, okay, yeah, like this would be really helpful to share. Or mm. no, that can wait till another time. And is there a point where you think you kind of maybe overthink things? Like, does your brain naturally question how you do things? Or is this a rhythm that you're into now? I'm like the opposite of an overthinker. I'm an underthinker. <laughs> I don't, sometimes don't think things through. <laughs> sometimes there's no finesse. Um, so that has really never really been that much of an issue for me. I'm also I don't know again if it's just been in the online world for so long. I, I don't know what part of it that it is, but I do see that a lot of people do struggle with the overthinking, and mm. you know, you go into comparison or go into imposter syndrome. And other people are doing this, and I should be doing this, and I should mm. be doing that. I've just never struggled with that. I'm just like, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. Let me just crack on and do it. And I'm more of a reactive person, as in like mm. I'll do something, I'll put it out there, I'll see how it's gone, and then pivot and change from that as opposed to a proactive I suppose more reactive than proactive where it's like I need to think everything through to like the yeah. nth degree before I take action I'm just yeah. like let me take action now and I'll I'll see how it went and kind of work on it from there well there's a certain amount of brave bravery innately in you by the sounds of it because not everyone has the ability to have I guess the, the confidence and the innate self-worth to be able to just act on something that they believe is going to be good suit them suit their community and I think that's quite rare and if someone perhaps didn't have that confidence what would be something that you would say helps you to kind of just make the decisions and take the action yeah it's really hard to say because some people it's not an innate thing I think partly what I have is delusion (laughs) is I am deluded in that everything I do will work so I don't question it because of course it will work and I'm deluded Mm. in thinking that and sometimes it works and obviously sometimes it doesn't and then I learn from that so I don't know if that's necessarily something I can teach other people Mm. to be uh, to be that way but what I can encourage you to do is just be more deluded is Mm. (laughs) to um, you know that it's essentially fake it till you make it that kind of vibe isn't it 
Absolutely. Do you think that's that what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Though. Do you think that 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 then I can almost see how that ties into you not being a comparison scroller or mm. falling down that rabbit hole because you're just your belief system is kind of above. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing or all that sort of imposter syndrome thought just isn't there. So do you think that's the thing that stops you from the comparison scrolling? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, obviously, I am just normal in the ways that sometimes things will creep in. Oh, I wish I thought of that first. Or, oh, that's a really good idea. I wish I'd done that. That's that's genius. And, do you know, ask me 10 years ago, and I was like the ultimate comparison person, ultimate mm. imposter syndrome, jealous. If they had it, it meant mm. that I couldn't have it. Oh, I wish them, not harm, but I wish them step <laughs> on the Lego because I want what you have. Like the green-eyed monster. That was 100% me 10 years ago. I don't know if it's age. I don't know if it's life mm. experience, but it's, it's just not something that I have anymore. But yeah. it is also a conscious thing that I consciously do. If I see somebody who I, I, I get that, you know, again, self-awareness, that pang of jealousy or that pang mm. of envy of like, oh, I wish I'd done that first. What is it trying to tell me? What do they Mm. have that I want? Oh, okay. What they have is a little bit more ease or what they have is a little bit more fun or what they, how can Mm. I create that for myself? So Mm. it's not something that I let sort of take over me anymore. It's something that I just kind of try to react from, I guess, as well. And I think that's important because that's something everyone can eventually learn is I think it comes from you're pretty seasoned now. And that's good for some people to hear because I think as you go along, we say it does get easier. There are always going to be challenges, right? But I think that we learn to discern so much more about what we want, what's out there, tone the noise down when you have that level Mm. of self-awareness that you've described, right? Because I don't know about you, but I think for me, one of the biggest journeys of this whole entrepreneurship is the amount of self-awareness and knowledge and personal development that has happened along the Mm. way. So when you talk about self-awareness, that's what comes up is this makes this shines a spotlight on all of your shit the way your brain works insecurities your whether you're in alignment with your purpose and that Mm -hmm. self-development grows easier and better with time which kind of gives you the ammunition to be a better entrepreneur to then have that level of self-awareness where you've got a different filter that you're processing Mm. the world through and our online industry right so you're actually able to step back and be like there's a noise in my brain it feels like jealousy wait a second do Mm. I need to what's kind up for me so Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of going to give a lot of people reassurance actually it's not always going to be riddled with insecurity and self-doubt like it does get easier you do get more confident right it does get a little bit better 100% and you know this is also with a lot of investment in therapy and coaching Mm -hmm. um I've seen my I used to see my therapist every week for about three years now I see her maybe once a month or if something comes up you know if if something Mm -hmm. come up in business that I hadn't experienced before I'd phone my therapist and say I need Mm -hmm. I need to talk this through and I'm always I'm always in coaching I always have a coach so anytime anything comes up I've got resources like that and I think having Mm. those two tools have really helped a lot with the development of the self-awareness and the belief because Mm. you know people can't you can't just magic it overnight if it's something that you need to build upon you actually do need the support to build that I also Mm. went on a fantastic retreat in 2019 before I launched my membership and I I always credit this retreat with like being pivotal in my business because Mm. one of the exercises we did on the retreat was about how we react um when we're kind of jealous of about things or when we see what other people have that we want and that was mm. a big light bulb moment for me and I, I tell you my life changed that day after that exercise That's incredible because I yeah I finally realized ah oh, okay I used to act like this when I was jealous or feeling envy mm. or comparing or feeling you know down on myself or insecure about myself and this is how it made me act well I'm responsible for my actions I'm responsible for how I mm. want to move forward and I don't want to be like that anymore so this is what I need to do differently um mm. so you know you kind 
kind of make that decision, okay, I'm going to have belief in myself, I'm going to do, but it doesn't just happen. You then need that support to be able to practice it, I suppose, every single day. I love that so much. And that's, that's so incredible to hear because we absolutely get to decide how we react. When we do that, we put the power back in ourselves and we give ourselves the agency to, to decide how this whole journey gets to be, right? Rather than feeling like we're not in control of it. So mm. that's, that's really, really cool to hear because I think that's, that's so transferable for everybody to learn, which is incredible. Yeah. Do you ever, because I love your emails, I've been subscribing to them for I don't know how long. I was a member of Grow and Glow a long time ago. So hey. I've been, I've been in your orbit for a minute. So I feel like I've known you from afar, one of those. Mm. <laughs> and so, I mean, the vulnerability and the openness for all of your, everything that you're launching at how you do it, the numbers behind it, your mindset wobbles. To be so open and transparent is so refreshing. Is it always as easy as it looks to be that honest though? Again, the delusion comes in because <laughs> it is a case of, well, this is just what it is. You know, if you, you can't ever attack anybody or put anybody down for speaking the truth because it is just what it is. You Amen. Can, you, can take, you can take it or you can leave it. That's up to you. But what's up to me is to be honest and truthful. Um, mm. So, so that's how I kind of see it if you don't like it then you don't like my truth that's not my problem that's on you there's a big fat unsubscribe button so mm. I mean again that comfortableness with that level of visibility isn't mm. something that happens overnight and in fact I had a yeah. horrific situation of trolling at the beginning of 2021 and actually oh, the wow. whole of 2021 to the middle of 2022 I really really struggled uh, to speak my truth to be honest mm. to be open to be vulnerable because that really kind of shook me and I know it's a lot of fear that people have as they're building yeah. their businesses oh what if somebody was to say this about me or what if somebody was to say and mm. I had the worst that could possibly happen and it, and it really took me to the middle of 22 to sort of 2022 to now sort of is to build that um, mm. comfortableness with visibility back up. So yeah. again, that is something that is always challenged and is always in kind of flux. But, you know, again, this is what I learned from therapy <laughs> um, is that I actually spoke with my therapist a lot about this trolling because it did really deeply affect me. And she said, you need to, yeah, she said, you need to build your business in a way that it's unshakable. So mm, you imagine yeah. it like it's a house um, yeah. and you have your house, you have your steady, sturdy foundations of your house and you have windows and people will try and break down those windows. They will try and throw stones. They will try and throw rocks. But if the foundations of your house are solid, your house is not tumbling down. Mm. And that really helped me because I was that kind of visual of, okay, if I have these solid foundations where I know I'm doing my best, I know I'm being honest, I know I'm doing everything I can for my clients, everything is in integrity, everything is authentic, then whatever you throw at me, it's just going to bounce off because I'm unshakable. Mm, yeah. Um. So that was a big lesson to learn for sure. And I think learning that lesson has helped again with that comfortableness with visibility and comfortableness to, to share more openly mm. because I'm a bit like, well, what can you say? You can't, it's not... You can't prove it wrong. You can just show that you don't like it. And that's not up to me. That's up to you. You know. Yeah. And that and commend you for, you know, coming through what can only be described as probably a horrendous experience, because I think even the most deluded of us will probably have that, you know, there'll be a chink in the armor somewhere where that will get through to be to be so trolled and to have such a difficult yeah. situation happen. Because I think innately, we all probably show up and do this and have a fear of being judged because mm. this isn't necessarily something our friends and family will relate to. So there's a certain amount of isolation in what we do yeah. as well 
Now I come across this a lot with my clients. I'm sure you have thousands of people feel the same way within yours. So how did you get through that experience? What made that something that you could, I mean, obviously therapy is a part of it. Was there anything else that was like, this feels really horrible. I need to do X, Y, Z to get myself through this to the other side. Um, yeah, hypnotherapy as well. I'm just throwing all the oh, personal development tools I use. So <laughs> curious about hypnotherapy. I was hypnotized yeah. when I was a kid to stop sucking my thumb. Yeah. My stepdad's yeah. dentist, and he's hypnotized oh. people to pull their teeth out. Amazing, That's terrifying to me. Yeah, great. So, and that and that was a great tool for you. Amazing, really great tool. Yeah, part of it was uh, about um, just having those kind of almost subconscious tools, so that if the anxiety around it was popping up again, what you could mm. what you could kind of implement an exercise you could do to lessen that anxiety so that definitely helped um but also it was that um being able to take step by step by step to be more visible to be more visible more visible more visible more vulnerable more vulnerable more vulnerable and feel safe doing so because it again it's not something you can just switch on and off and go oh okay I'm really worried about doing this I'm just going to do it that's unacceptable to expect anybody to do that but to say I'm going to take one more step today to be this bit more visible this bit more vulnerable that's what helped get get through it because each time I did so it was part of that and it was also part of looking at my business and going how can I make this really unshakable how can Mm. I put my boundaries in that show what I'm up for and what I'm not up for and show what Mm. you can expect from me and what you can't expect from me um how can I make it so that everything I do I do it with absolutely 100% the best intentions and it's obvious Mm. you know and really putting in those really strong foundations in that way also then gave me that feeling of unshakable like I know if somebody wanted to complain about something here are the channels they can do that if somebody Mm. wanted to give me the feedback here's how I'm going to have to let them do it and be able to take it you know (laughs) so putting those like little structures in place really helped too yeah and I think that's such that's so important because we're not going to please all the humans all the time and I think there's so much to be said for putting expectations boundaries uh, and that level of communication to put it to such a visible way out people that you're working with really kind of filters out a lot of the nonsense before it happens I think yeah and then it sounds a lot like you will always act from integrity and I think I teach this a lot with my clients it's like it doesn't matter if something goes wrong their Mm. emotions and their reactions are their own and Mm. you have no idea what lens and trigger they're filtering it through your responsibility is stand in integrity handle it like a human being and handle it from a place of integrity so I always think if you can just hand on heart say I've done this from the best possible place and I'll make it right if I can but also Mm. I'm not responsible for your emotions it's Mm. like it's a huge learning curve right to have to sort of step back and process that we're not going to please everybody and some people are going to be very verbal about it and there's like nothing we can do about that I think like you said there like if you handle it in a human way but somebody doesn't want to treat you humanely Mm. that's their problem so (laughs) you know we're always going to have people who want to give us feedback who prefer us to do something in a certain way or wish we did it like if we handle that in a humane way to say okay really appreciate the feedback thank you for sharing with me moving forward this is what I'm going to do great that's humans versus humans you're having that kind of collaborative uh, problem solving approach if you do the same thing but that other person isn't ready to treat you like a human or isn't ready to be receptive of your kind of humanity Mm. that's not my problem so Mm. exactly like you said you lead from um, from integrity you lead your business like a human because we all are humans we're not these big faceless corporations in the best way that you can and 99.9999% of people understand that you're a human they understand Mm. that mistakes can happen and they can see clearly how you're rectifying it and that's all part of being these leaders in our businesses is actually been able to rather than being afraid of a mistake being Mm. like mistakes are going to happen here's how I would deal with it um yeah 
that for me is a, is all part of growing as this like business owner as opposed to somebody who just wants to kind of block everything out and oh I don't want to think about this don't want to worry about this this is never yeah. going to happen da, da, da. because of fear mm-hmm. is having that unshakable foundation that anything could happen mm-hmm. and I will deal with it in integrity as a human as best I can and that's all anybody any rational person can expect of you you know rational being the keyword for sure absolute keyword (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so true I think you just if you have this fear that something's going to go wrong it'll stop you from doing absolutely anything and everything right but it's I don't know about you when I think about any mistake I've made and the shit tons of lessons that come from it the things I've done differently and therefore the systems processes and boundaries Mm. I've set up in my business as a result it's almost like every mistake is a level of ironcladding that that takes the business forwards and I think if we understood it's not all rainbows and sunshine and 10k months and bro marketing nonsense (laughs) but it's actually a real ebb and flow living Mm. breathing business that does Mm -hmm. change that you won't always get it right that if people walked in knowing that from the beginning I think Mm. we'd have a less like less dropout rates in the online space I don't don't know if you agree yeah yeah I think it's it's so easy to be shaken and it's Mm. so easy to let any perceived failure or any mistake or anything like that like put you down I suppose Mm. and to to stop you from moving forward or to halt you in your tracks but when you flip that perspective and and actually think any hurdle any mistake any you know whatever is is one more lesson for you know my arsenal I suppose to get bigger and better Mm. and then you're more receptive you're more welcoming to these things and they're not going to be able to shake you and and make you feel like the worst person ever it's like oh that wasn't ideal wish that hadn't have happened but now it has this is how I would handle it again in the future and it's one more bow to your yeah bow to your I don't know what's it called arrow to your bow yeah absolutely I always get my like analogies mixed up I'm like one more bow to your String to your bow. There we go. String to your bow. That's what I meant to say. I'm talking about string to your bow. There we go. <laughs> AKA making you one resilient human. There we go. Let's talk about where you're at now because I've been part of a, a few things that you did last year some small sprints and some masterclasses, and I've loved every minute of them. And what comes across is how uniquely you're bridging where you came from as a teacher to your mission and passion and this kind of, well, your correct me if I'm wrong but you're very purpose-driven in terms of you're helping humans have an impact on other humans by making them better course creators better teachers better coaches I've learned so much from you know even putting together a course and I'm so guilty of the first first course that I ever ran in the beginning I think I ran it three times and I look back and having come through your teaching I'm like wow I overloaded them because this (laughs) is what we do right and you just break it all down and it's become so simple but you have this passion for people to become better educators tell me like do you think this is the most you thing you've ever done or the most sort of aligned thing you've ever done um I think everything that I've ever done has always been aligned in that moment but obviously Mm. as we grow and change things grow and change so when I you know when I was a teacher I hadn't always wanted to be a teacher that was like a very I'd done a million jobs before teaching (laughs) so then when I was a teacher I was like okay this is what I'm really passionate and purpose you know my purpose is Mm. but along the way things fell out of alignment the workload the politics the Ofsted the government the head teachers the staff Mm. like all of those things started sort of dragging me down and and it was at that time that I started blogging and content creating and I was like wow this feels like really aligned to me I, mm. I'm really passionate I get to be creative this is really fun so I decided okay I'm going to try and leave teaching and be a full-time content creator so then I did that and then as I was doing that I was having so many people come to me and say can you help me with this can you teach me how to do that mm. and I was like oh I love being a teacher I am a teacher at heart but this is my new area of passion it's not you know the planets and <laughs> Henry VIII 
tweets anymore. It's how to build your blog, how to build your Instagram. So that kind of naturally evolved into that. And then moving into this kind of course creation and helping impact driven people better their teaching skills, their coaching skills, their selling skills, their launching skills really came from a couple of years ago. I was in a mastermind at the time, but I'd also invested into another program and I had the most horrendous experience. And it was the biggest investment I had ever made in my business. It was a very, very scary investment for me at the time. And it was the most horrendous experience. And I came to the mastermind that I was in. I was so angry. I was like, how are people getting away with this? How are people charging so much money for such bad experience and such a bad this and such bad that? My mastermind coach at the time, Tara Anthony, she was like, Vix, like, you are a teacher. There is no one out there who is teaching course creators and coaches how to actually teach, how to facilitate learning for a big group of people. People are just winging it and hoping for the best. And sometimes they deliver a good experience and sometimes they don't. But this is a real like a hole, I suppose, in the industry of mm. helping people like build their standards. She was like, maybe that's what your calling is to do, to mm. implement everything you know about teaching and curriculum and being engaging and interactive and accessible and, you know, mm. having a wider impact in this kind of way. So for the whole of 2021, really, it was sort of like, yeah, like quarter two to the end and up to now, I really dove in on that. I was like, oh, how can I use like all of this experience that I have, all of this you know, teaching experience and also running my own courses online, making Mm. mistakes, delivering good experiences, (laughs) good feedback, bad feedback at all, and try and help those people who are similarly conscious as me, who they don't, of course, we want to make money, of course we do, Mm. but we want to do it in a way that's really impactful, helpful, useful, exciting, engaging. Mm. How can I help them do that? Rather than what I was noticing in like the course creation industry and the coaching industry was kind of a bit of a shame shame of like selling something that I'm not 100% convinced and I don't know if it's actually any good mm. but I want to make money you know everybody's been through that well how can I help take that shame away and be like right well let's make you unshakable I love you know? that it's so true because there's this gap right for me as a as a previous course creator I have the knowledge of what I'm what I've been through is what I'm teaching right how I deliver that is not in my skill set because not a born teacher never been educated on how humans learn adults learn and so delivering it I'm just kind of going here it is and nine times out of ten you see and I see and I've been guilty of it is we will over deliver to get it to a level where we think it's valuable to put a price Mm. tag that we want on it Mm. but what's the number one mistake that you see people make it's exactly that it's it's almost equating more information with more value equals Mm. bigger price is the not understanding what learning is Mm. it's not understanding how to facilitate action and how to actually get people to learn something Mm. so we we kind of overcompensate from that by more information more information more information and then what happens from our student perspective is or our client perspective is that it's just too much it's too overwhelming it's too much to consume can't discern bits from bits and they're not actually taking action and putting it into practice yeah so they leave the courses or they leave the coaching container a bit like, what have they learned? What have they taken yeah. away? So that's the big thing is that a lot of what I see is when people kind of invest in how to create a course or how to create a coaching program, everything they learn is about how to launch it, how to market it. So all mm. of the teaching is here's how to title it. Here's how to price it. Here's how to, you know, use a ring light or stand in front of a window and use good lighting, like all of that kind of stuff that actually doesn't really matter. Yeah. And there's nothing out there to like, here's actually how to get your clients to take action 
education. So mm. they learn the thing that you're trying to teach them so that they have a great experience and tell everyone how amazing you are. That's mm. what was missing. And I was like, that's always what I've always been complimented on in all of my programs. All of my teaching is like, Vix, you simplified it. Now I understand it. Now I can do it. Yeah. And I was like, well, let me help you. Let me help you do that for your clients too. So it sounds like the first thing that you advise people do if we can do broad strokes here is simplify the content, simplify what they're trying to teach, right? And and what's the kind of the next few things that you would recommend people do as they're coming into creating a course? Like what are the common mistakes and things that you would recommend people do differently? I mean, it's hard to simplify information because I mm. see the number one thing that I see people not kind of understanding about courses and programs is that they're based on a transformation. So yes. it's taking somebody from A to B or A to C or A to Z or whatever the journey is, is not understanding that it's a learning journey that you have to take people that from where they are here to where they want to be here mm-hmm. and because we don't know what that journey is we don't know that the journey is actually b to j or k yeah. to s because mm-hmm. we don't know what part of the journey they're on we give them a to z yeah and that's when it's to it because we want to teach them everything they need to know because we don't mm-hmm. actually know what do they just need to know yeah do you know what i mean yeah. so that's the first thing to do is actually sit and figure out like if you want to teach somebody how to do x what do mm-hmm. they need to be able to do to do x and yeah. kind of simplify it down to that as opposed to what's everything I, I know about X so I can teach them that. <laughs> That's so good. It really is. The transformation is so, so key because if you cannot describe to somebody where you're, where they're at to where they're going to be at the end of it, the messaging and everything else has no kind of like landing point, no talking point, no clarity no. to it, right? And this is I think, probably one of the biggest reasons that people are like, no one's signed up, no one's converting, yeah. my launch is flawed because your people can't see where it's going to get them. And so we forget that it's such a vital part of it. People invest for two reasons. They invest because something's relevant to them or because Mm -hmm. they're ready for it. And if they Mm -hmm. can't tell if it's relevant to them or if they would be ready for it, they're not going to invest. So Mm -hmm. I have a client come to me and say, I want to teach a course on hormones. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, to who? What about <laughs> hormones? You know, and we, we finally kind of narrow it down. And it's actually you want to teach women who are trying to take charge of their f- fertility all about their hormone cycle so they can improve their fertility. Ah, mm. OK, well, now we can really narrow down what it is that you need to teach. Have someone else come to me. I want to do a course on Instagram. Oh, OK, cool. For Kelly down the road who wants to be an influencer or for Bob up the road who's never used Instagram but needs to grow his business. Like, who are you teaching it to? And has Kelly has used Instagram for the last like five years. She knows everything there is to know about Instagram. She wants to learn how to monetize it. Whereas Bob knows nothing about Instagram. He doesn't even know what a story is. He needs all of the basics. So when you come with like a super broad idea for your course or program, you're not able to show your community if they'd be ready for it, if it would be relevant to them. And I think there's also this um, misplaced fear that if you're being more specific, you'll have a smaller number of participants. And Mm. yet being specific gives you the clarity to speak to the exact right person that it's for, for them to get results, for you to get people in your containers versus this kind of old or perhaps newbie way of thinking that if you keep it broad, then it will appeal to more people. So you have more chances. And whether you're a coach or a course creator, you have a container or one-to-one. I think the same methodology applies. You're broad, mm. you're speaking to everybody and nobody at the same mm. time. Whereas mm. to, keep, to narrow and to really be specific is yeah. the way to go for sure. And I think that's, yeah. that's really key because I think a lot of people will just be like, I just need to scattergun my shit everywhere and it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think like people come into it and they say, oh, okay, I want to have a course. And, you know, this year I want to sell 100 courses. So how can I sell 100 courses? I need to be as broad as possible so as many people as possible 
score buy these courses, but then no one buys it. Whereas if they narrow it right down, they start to think, oh, you know, only three people in my audience would buy this course. Well, three is better than zero because yeah. at the broad, no message, no direction, no clarity, no one's going to buy it. Whereas smaller and specific, yes, it might mean that other people in your community discount themselves from wanting your course or wanting your program, but the people that are really ready for it and it is super relevant for mm. qualify themselves because it's so much clearer to them. Yeah, you're just making your buyer journey so much easier for you, for them. Yeah. 100%. What predictions do you have? Because you and I can both see that. I mean, the last few years, the way people buy, their buying patterns and behaviors have changed over the last couple of years. Like, I think, I don't know if you saw the same, the 2020 surge, because mm. everyone was just locked down. They have more time. You can't leave. So you spend more time working and the business has developed and grew and shut up. Mm. 2021 was sort of a slight continuation of that. I think last year felt like a bit of a different yeah it was sort of it was settling but not and so I think people didn't mm. really know what it, it didn't feel like there was a pattern or a, it felt different to the years before mm. and so what do you think that this year looks like and what are people's behaviors and what do you think is going to work best and what are your sort of predictions for the online space I think when it comes to things like courses and programs and coaching containers and things like that the, the two things I kind of see the most is one people are investing less in nice to haves and mm. are being a lot more more discerning so before mm -hmm. somebody could be in five or six courses at once or five or six programs at once and they would have mm -hmm. no problem in investing in something and then learning the same thing again with somebody else and again and it's almost like collecting courses yeah. and programs whereas people aren't investing in that way anymore so that's why I see it becoming ever more important how precise your messaging is mm -hmm. and how transparent you are about your program what's involved what's the format what are people actually going to get what are the actual outcomes mm -hmm. So that will help people make those decisions, um, you know, help them to make those decisions. So I definitely see that the people who possibly got by on sales with woolier messaging or vaguer mm -hmm. messaging 2020 2021 are really starting to struggle now things are yeah. needing to be more specific and precise and a bit and more transparent and there's sort of an allergy to this bro marketing stuff as well it's there causing, really is causing a real reaction to it like if you say 10k once mom more time i'm gonna put yeah. the face of the chair <laughs> exactly you might be a bit indifferent to it it might be a bit like oh not, you know not my favorite thing but you know I want to learn this so I just I think people are a lot more discerning now mm. and my second thing was around the formats of things so again in 2020 when we were all on lockdown and we had all hours of the day to invest in our learning, invest in our hobbies and investing this. Uh, we don't have that anymore. Um, so whereas during that time, it was actually a real draw to be in a membership or to be in a group program where you could see each other for an hour every day. And there was a new tr training dropping every week. And there was like 70 different calls you could access and find that part of community. That's actually a burden for people now. Yeah. So what I'm having to see with a lot of course creators and coaches is changing up their containers to be more accessible to mm -hmm. the way I see it is I always say it's easy for them easy for me as in you want to make your offer as easy to access for people as possible and mm -hmm. every time you add in more modules more homework more resources more calls you're not actually adding value you're just adding jobs on people's to-do lists yeah. that we don't have the capacity for anymore because it's changed since 2020 mm. so I see that a lot of my programs that have been more successful have been the ones that have been um just more accessible oh okay cool I just need to be here every day at one o'clock for five days jobs are good in there's yeah. no Facebook group and acts and worksheets and this and all of this to access the expectation is very very simple I think there's still a little 
resistance around that for people, especially people that are so tied to their like group coaching must be six yeah. months and it must be an hour a week plus mm. an extra training every week plus all of these worksheets and mm. everything for six months for a year who are kind of tied to that um, model because they think they can charge more for it. Mm. I understand that. Two, moving to a more streamlined way of offering things, a way of pairing things down and making it more accessible because people still equate more stuff, higher price. Yeah. Whereas I've, I've run programs and I've been in programs that are super streamlined, super pared back that I was mm. still invest in. But the reason I'm investing in them is because they're so easy to access. So I'm hoping to see that as a bit of a shift of people really just trimming out all of the added things that are not needed, that don't support the transformation, that just add to everybody's workload and really just focusing on the distinct transformations and how people really want to be supported now because Mm -hmm. I don't think people want to have to be on a call every week and every day and, you know, watch 48 hours of video and all that stuff. So No, so streamline, made accessible. And I'm hearing that people are even accessing programs and things more on their mobiles than they ever have. Yeah. So making yeah. sure that it's accessible that way as well, I think is really key because we all used to do it. Desktops, we've sat at our desks, but we're moving around. We're back out in the world, right? So it makes sense that we want it yeah. to be something that was learnable in our hands, almost in our pocket, yeah. back, like back pocket learning, um, yeah. definitely streamlining and just making it more bite-sized, I think sounds like what's coming up. Yes. Because, you know, I, I always use this analogy. It's my chicken nugget analogy. I, I say it all the time, but... <laughs> (laughs) If we spend five pounds on a box of nine chicken nuggets and we eat every single one, it's the best fiver we've ever spent. Mm -hmm. But if we spend five pounds on a box of 100 chicken nuggets and we only eat nine of them and 91 of them have to go in the bin, it's the biggest waste of money. And it's the Mm. same way people equate with our courses and programs. If they spend a thousand pounds to access 12 modules that are all 20 minutes each and they get the transformation they paid for and they don't have to be in a Facebook group because they don't want to download Facebook again, it's the best money they've ever spent if they spend a thousand pounds on a program that has 48 hours of modules plus a weekly facebook training plus a weekly zoom call and they can only make one zoom call a month one facebook training a month and the 48 modules only six of them are relevant to them then that's the biggest waste of money they've ever spent yeah so they get it's happening exactly so it all comes down to the transformation what is the transformation and what's the easiest simplest and quickest way you can deliver that transformation mm. um, and that should be it you know and on a personal side, what has your business given you? Because obviously we're all in this for the, the life that it gives us, not just the business with the human underneath yeah. it, right? So what do you love most about what you do, who you help? and the life that it gives you? What are the kind of the magic bits of it? Yeah. I mean, the reason why I was le- I left teaching is I lost both my parents within sort of a year, a year and a half of each other. Mm-hmm. My mental health was in the absolute like gutter. And being a teacher and having to show up every day, 70 hours a week, I had no time for personal development. I wasn't eating mm-hmm. properly. I wasn't sleeping. Um, You know, I was out every weekend just getting drunk because, you know, just to not cope with things. Didn't have time for therapy. Had no time to work on myself and, and you know, prioritize myself. So when I left teaching and I was first of all like a full-time content creator and then, you know, full-time like educator, still a content creator to some extent as well and like business owner. Um, I work 10 hours a week. I have therapy every week. I have coaching every week. I can have I can have hypnotherapy, paid off all my debts. I sleep, no joke, from 8.30 till 7.30 every day. <laughs> um, you go to bed at 8.30? <laughs> 
I'm such a grandma. I'm in bed by eight and I'm asleep by half past eight. Nine, nine thirty is a late night for me. But it's revolutionized, <laughs> revolutionized my mental health, my oh, physical health. Because, mm. you know, even like for two years um, last year, I was doing PT three times a week, plus therapy, plus coaching. Yeah. I had so much more space in my life to focus on personal development. And, and I think that's all contributed to, to where I am now that I couldn't do when I was in that job. So mm. it, on terms of like a selfish thing, I suppose that business has yeah. given me, it's given me freedom. It's given me myself. It's given me my health and all of those things, but also the impact because the, the biggest reason I didn't want to leave teaching is because I didn't want to leave the kids. There were 30 mm. children who I was with for a whole year and I would see their transformation over the year, how they were. This is where they were when they started with me. This is where they were at the end academically but also personally that's a hugely impactful job to have so when I left that I was like where am I going to get my impact from where am I going to get that like fulfillment from and I loved content creating I loved posting on Instagram but it just wasn't enough for me to get that fulfillment Mm. but when I started helping people get the same time freedom that I have and the same enjoyment into their lives and and the same wealth I suppose that they can invest in their personal development like that showed me impact as well Mm. so that's my kind of like two things I like to say I like to help people who like to help people because the impact goes beyond just what I do right if I help somebody create a course like I've worked with somebody who created a course um which was all about sort of reclaiming yourself after a tricky relationship Mm. and then they would share with me the results their clients got from that program I've managed to move out by myself I've finally managed to start a new hobby I've managed to do this like that's still my impact in a way you know yeah it's a ripple so it's a ripple effect so they're my kind of yeah two reasons behind doing everything personally selfishly living living the best life I could possibly ever imagine (laughs) and you know unselfishly the ripple effect if you help people who help people they can help more people it's so beautiful I love that so much I just I love everything that you're about and the honesty and integrity that you do it with so tell the good people where they can find you and how they can work with you right now apart from get on your awesome email list which is called yes thank you so yes sign up for my launch letters um because I do share all of the ins and outs of my launching and sales process and all of the things I create, good and bad. And you can find that at my link in bio on Instagram. My Instagram is at VixMeldrew. And yeah, if you want to work with me on your course, your program, I often have programs or things running, or you can work with me one-to-one. Just send me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what it is that you're looking to work on and I can send you in the best direction. I love that, folks. She does respond to DMs, I can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) She is someone who responds and chats in the DMs frequently, whether we're talking about, I don't know what, Kardashians, love is blind. Yeah, <laughs> all of it. That, that, they're my favourite conversations. If you do want to come chat to me about the Kardashians or about Love is Blind, please do. I love that so much. Thank you for this conversation. I think it's been Yay. incredible and it's going to be such a gift to people who are listening. And hopefully we've learned a lot today. So thank you for being amazing and doing what you do no thank you thank you for having me thank you so much for listening i'm so grateful you hit play and if you liked what you heard please leave a review especially on apple and hit subscribe so you never miss a new episode if you love this and think someone else would too then don't be shy share it with them let's inspire even more women and every year i will be offering one woman a coaching scholarship and the time is now so if you think you know someone who would benefit from three months of one-to-one business coaching with me head to the show notes and you'll find all the details and the link to apply Good luck.